Welcome back to the Montana, Montana Mid Sports Podcast. A great start to the podcast where I can't even pronounce this state that we are mm-hmm. repping. But welcome back to the Montana Mid Sports Podcast. We have with us this week a much happier Bear Tycoon after a Montana win. Welcome back to the winning side. Welcome back. I hope you're a little bit happier uh, this week, Bear Tycoon. So happy. It's, uh, look, the, the Grizz have a victory. It really sets my mood for the seven days following a game. Uh, the Braves are in the World Series. We're going to try to keep this episode on the short side um, so we can make the first pitch of, of game two. But otherwise, man, things are things are looking good for old Bear Tycoon. The only the only thing wrong with that is just your Denver Broncos laying an absolute egg, a dud last Thursday Oof. on Thursday Night Football in front of everybody Terrible. Uh, in the country watching. But... That being said, I was at the Seahawks Monday night football game this week against the Saints, and they did the exact same thing, playing just horrible football on the national stage. So what we have in our football worlds right now are the Montana Grizzlies, the Montana State Bobcats. Thank God that these teams are at least above 500. Yes, both looking pretty good, both in a in a place where we want them to be going into November, right? Like... I'm. I'm not. I. They could be better, but I'm very, very happy to be where where we are going into November. Um, should we yeah, get so into the uh, games? Let's just go right into that. We're gonna start off. We we did it to you last week where we made you start off with the bad news of the Grizz loss. Yeah. Going through that, reliving that. So, just in a you know kind of a offer of goodwill back over to you. We're gonna let you start out with the Grizz win this week. Oh, thanks, Nate. Well. As you know, the Grizz took on those Idaho Vandals on Saturday in the battle for the Little Brown Stein, one of the best traditions in all of Northwest sports. Idaho's opening drive, uh, they looked pretty solid with a rushing attack led by Zach Borish, quarterback number, I'm not really sure, I can't really remember for Idaho. Uh, It seemed like the Grizz were toast. I was having flashbacks to that Sac State game. It just looked They marched right down the field, didn't throw a pass, marched right down the field, 11 straight running plays. Uh, They're also aided by an unsportsmanlike uh, penalty, Uh, but Andre Carter got in for a touchdown, 7-0 early on in the game. And if this was Paul Petrino's last game against the Grizz, it sure seemed early on like he was coaching like it was the Super Bowl. Midway through the first quarter, the Grizz had a third and long. Chris Brown threw the ball so short, I thought someone hit him on the arm. Um, it, it looked at the replay. That was not the case. If completed, it was still going to be about 12 yards short of the first down. Um, it was it was a little worrisome. Grizz fans, I think, all over the country were a little worried. But then the Grizz started clicking. Uh, a big sack by Joe Babros ended a Vandals drive. that gave the uh, gave the ball back to the Grizz. The Grizz proceeded to march down the field. A few big passes from Chris Brown to Mitch Roberts, a defensive holding call, and an appearance by Robbie Patterson at quarterback. The Grizz got the ball down close enough for Junior Bergeron to scamper in from 10 yards. In the second quarter, the Grizz had another great drive. 80 play, 8, 80 play drive, 8-yard um Eight-yard touchdown. Let me start that over. What is that? 80 yeah, play. <laughs> 80 play. 80 no, yard. No eight play 80 drive. Plays. 80 no play drive. 80, plays. 80 yard. Eight play drive. That was there highlighted by a 39-yard completion from Brown to Sammy Cameron. Ended with uh, Brown TG, TD pass to Cole Grossum. Grossman, my lord. 
Uh, the first play of Idaho's very next drive ended in a ugly interception from McCoy, interception by Justin Ford. Amazingly, five games in a row where Justin Ford has an interception. That is quite the streak he is working That's on. Impressive. Couple couple more field goals, including a season long from Money Macias, gave the Grizz a 20-7 to halftime lead. The Grizz started out the second half looking very good. Um, but a 59-yard Coulter Janicaro touchdown was called back because of a penalty. Doesn't count in the box score, but we want to give him some love for that awesome touchdown run. Uh, next possession, Brown hit Mitch Roberts for a, a super long pass, 70-yard pass. Um, he faked Idaho's defense right out of their underpants, Nate, on a play action. Um, Roberts was wide open. Brown was able to run it in himself for a touchdown a couple plays later. Um, uh, Omar Hicks Onu plucked a other interception off McCoy. Um, it was another very bad-looking interception, and Junior Berggren was able to run in for another touchdown. Fourth-quarter interception by Robbie Houck was wiped off the board by a bullshit roughing the passer penalty. Gubner, who got uh, who hit the quarterback on the play, um, it, it, it wasn't roughing the passer if you look at the replay. He was also called for targeting. The replay system in Idaho was not working, so they had to eject him. The league has since reviewed, uh, determined that he won't miss any time this weekend, said that it wasn't a, a targeting call. Um, but undoing Houck's interception uh, gave Idaho a chance to extend the drive and get a garbage-time touchdown. Uh, one funny thing towards the end of the game, the Grizz uh, could have run out the clock, but Bobby kept trying to score. Uh, there's a deep pass that got them to about the two-and-a-half-yard line, and with 20 seconds left, they just kept trying to get touchdowns, um, even though they were up 34-14. to 14. Um, So that's a fun way to end the game. Uh, when you're rolling, you just got to keep on rolling. Um, I have a few other thoughts, but Nate, why don't I toss it to you before I before I clear the deck of my notes? Yeah, I think... Uh... I feel every single week, and I didn't know it could get this way, but I feel worse and worse for Idaho Vandal fans. Oof, where just totally. an uninspiring performance by their Vandals. They're such hardcore fans. I mean, this one, they start out, they get that lead 7 to nothing. I'm thinking, hey, is this just – is this who the Grizz are now? They're going to lose to Sac State, then they're going to lose to Idaho. Uh, that obviously was not the case. An anomaly, yeah. uh, a scripted drive down the field that that they ran well, got Idaho on the board seven to nothing. But from then on, you could basically tell that this one uh, was going to be all Montana uh, at the Kibbe Dome. So you know, it's a win on the road, which is always big in the Big Sky Conference. It was a win in front of like eight thousand people. I think they were at like thirty eight percent capacity uh, at this game, which just kind of tells you where the Idaho Vandals are right now with their program. The fans are with their program, so. It was a good road win uh, for the Grizz. They got that little brown stein back, which is a, actually a pretty cool trophy uh, to get. Yep. Um, but, you know, and the other thing I had on, on my notes kind of when I was looking at it, you talked about how trying to score there at the end of the, the game. I think when this when you see this offense get to start rolling, it's almost like you're, these are live reps in practice where you keep the momentum going, you build that confidence. That's a great you point. have to keep doing it. There's no way to get mad at that if you're Paul Petrino and you know how the Grizz offense has been struggling a little bit lately. So I think you just have to. Uh, when you get that momentum with Chris Brown, with Bergen, and everything's rolling the right way, just keep it going. Try and just end the game with the same amount of momentum you had all in that second half. No reason to take your foot off the gas pedal, start running the ball, getting away from your game plan. Keep it going. Those live reps are going to come back yeah. to be really valuable at the end of the year. So totally agree uh, with what Hauk was doing there, actually. And I've never been one that um, thinks another coach should get pissed off about another team continuing scoring. It's like just... Yeah. You don't have a very good yeah, team yeah. and you didn't play good defense and you're going to get scored on. So I've never really subscribed to that notion of you have to have, uh, you have to quit scoring to be a good sport. Um, 
Yeah. Especially in a well, Idaho, rivalry game. Idaho was down uh, 20 points with like a minute left, and they kicked an onside kick. So I bet you Hauk was just like kind of like, oh, screw you guys. Yeah. Like we could have walked yeah. out of here, but all right, now we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna throw it down your throat. Um, uh, just highlighting uh, sad Idaho stuff. Okay, I got a few th- a few things for you. Yes. Uh, and Which this, could be this point was made all by, by itself uh, every single week. Yeah, Frank uh, Frank Agola made this point in the Missoulian. Um, so the Grizz, in total, gave up 242 yards offense, which on its own is a very good day for any any defense. 242 yards, hats off to them. Um, 62 of those yards came from that opening drive. Okay, the scripted, it was very impressive. That, that drive was impressive by itself. But that means for the rest of the game, the Grizz allowed just 180 yards. Now, out of those, 86 yards came... And that garbage time touchdown drive that should have never happened. How picked off the ball on second down, or yeah, second down of the first drive. So take those out of it, and the Grizz only gave up 92 yards over 13 drives. Okay. Now I know we don't. The game is what it is, but 92 drives or 92 yards over 13 drives. That's impressive. Idaho's second half, just to show how much they got shut out. I'm going to run through their possessions. Possession one, three and out, punt. Possession two, punt. Possession three, three and out punt. Four, two plays, interception. Possession five, three and out punt. Possession six, interception on second down. But then it was overturned by that bullshit call. So they got a garbage time touchdown. And then last possession after the onside kick, turnover on downs. So that garbage time touchdown should have never happened when you look at the replay. That means one drive. One single drive in the second half for Idaho. Did they have a first down? Brutal. Not great. It's just it's not just a great. sad state in Moscow. Sad state of affairs, and you know, everybody up on the Palouse didn't fit. You know, it didn't get much better uh, for their counterparts over in uh, Pullman, Washington State, lost this weekend. So just a yeah. depressing time to be on the Palouse up there on that Idaho-Washington yep. border. Um, you know. It was actually just a tough time to be anywhere on that Eastern Washington side of things last week. Yeah, and that includes our <laughs> includes our Idaho Vandals. Um, I was just looking yeah. at something else. So they played four conference games uh, this year. They played Vandals, I should say, Davis, Portland State, Eastern Washington, and Montana. They've been outscored 167 to 97 just in those four games. That's a that's 70 points right there. Not great. They can not. Score. I mean, they can't stop anybody. Even in their one win against Portland State, they allowed 35 points. They only won by seven points there. And as we know from our special correspondent, Brian Marceau, that yep. they basically almost lost that game. Paul Petrino was coaching to lose that game. Uh, so, And it was in the second half that Portland State scored most of their points. So in the last two and a half games, they've been absolutely <laughs> manhandled. The team doesn't look inspired. It looks just like they're, no. they're done with the season. They need something to go their way. Yeah, and so and so the, as a Grizz fan, I think we need to take a step back. Chris Brown looked way better this weekend. Our defense yes. looked way better. Uh, the defense, um, the defense, two should have been three interceptions, six sacks, twelve total uh, tackles for loss. Um, Chris Brown looked awesome, but is it is it a is it you know they took steps forward or? Um, is Idaho just that much worse than Sac State? I think it's probably a combination. I think at least with Chris Brown, it's a combination of the two. Um, 
But man, it's an ugly game. Uh, other thing I wanted to flag, uh, announcers said at the beginning of the game that Idaho's quarterback, uh, Borish, um, on the season had thrown the ball eight times, ran it 59 times. Um, so you kind of know what's going to happen, what's going to happen when he's out there. It's not, not a big surprise in this game. He had uh, one pass and 14 carries. Um, so Idaho's very predictable. Their two quarterback system. We've talked about this a few times with other teams in the league. It just, it makes, it makes no sense if it doesn't work. Like if you can find, if you're one of the one in a thousand that can find a two quarterback system that works, run with it. But why not just stick with, with McCoy, right? Why not just stick with Borish and run like a Troy Anderson offense? It just, it's frustrating to watch. You gotta um, also, yeah, pick one of the two. Um, before we move on to the Montana state game, cause you also had a nice weekend uh, playing an Idaho team. Um, uh, my 80, 80 play eight yard drive fiasco um, earlier in these highlights. It just goes to show whatever's in our shared Google doc um, I just read it out loud. Um, very much yeah. like Ron Burgundy in that way. Uh, and it, it makes me exactly worry like that. that Nate, producer Jerry, are going in and changing what I'm saying. So uh, we'll have to go back and check the met- metadata to see who typed that in. But I uh, just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, Idaho. Idaho is now in the 183 range in the Sagarin range. They are creeping up on that 200 spot. They are ranked behind Northern Arizona. They are ranked 10 spots in front of the Bengals, who we'll talk about here in a second. But we talked about more about Idaho in that game than we did anything really about the Grizz besides kind of the recap of the game. Uh, but, yeah. you know, I am not one that could ever talk about a weak opponent and winning the game. Montana State's had quite a few of those. Their strength of schedule is one of the easiest out of the top 10 in the, in the, in the top 25 standings. And the Grizz got the win. They came back from that Sac State loss. You don't know what they're thinking when they come out after that Sac State loss. Uh, are they thinking they don't have any confidence? Are they coming out with a fire lit under their ass and they're going to manhandle Idaho? I think it was right in the middle where it was just kind of a, a game where they were able to get some, like we talked about, some good momentum in there. They got Chris Brown, an opponent that he could – uh, almost an exhibition game. We're almost like an out-of-conference well, game. You know bullshit. how McKay yeah, had against. Not exhibition. <laughs> I should have said not exhibition because that, that's what I'm going to say. But those out-of-conference games like Matt McKay got com- comfortable against the San Diego's the Drifts. Yeah. Like that. It's the opponent uh, that, you so wanna, that you want to run into. Um, this is the game you wanted, you wanted Chris Brown to play his first game. This is the team... Yes. Uh, yeah. This is the team where you wanted two or three of those out of conference to get a guy some reps. So it was a perfect timing, I think, for this Idaho game uh, for this situation. And, and you're right. I should not have said exhibition game. So I hope everyone doesn't get mad about me saying exhibition because it does. It's a big sky win. It's a big sky road win. Uh, but I think it was a perfect opponent for the Grizz right now to just get some of that confidence back on their offensive side. Their defense, you know, balled out here, and they needed that reboost after yeah. letting Sac State run all over them. Well, I, yeah, I want to push back on a little bit because I, Twitter last week, someone described me as your monkey, just going around with well, uh, agreeing with confused. your <laughs> with your takes. <laughs> they were very confused, but I think if you distill down their they argument, also thought they thought I was Coulter Nunes. So, yeah, they were they were not pleased um, with me and, and said that I was Coulter's monkey, but he thought uh, you were Coulter. It's very very up in the air. Thank you for listening, sir. Um, but. Uh, I, I, I think the great. He also said we were look, horrible, the, so that one hurt a little bit. Yeah, that hurt. Um, but thank, thank you for listening. Um, the Grizz, uh, Grizz are not back, 
but it's a it's a it's a win you need to have. We have three easy opponents, um, including Idaho, uh, following that Sac State game. As we talked about last week, I don't think the Sac State loss, I don't think the Eastern loss, are like devastating losses for the Grizz. We have our backup quarterback in. We have our ninth or tenth uh, 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 tier running back in. Um, those aren't excuses. Those are just reality. And so where we are now. Have to feel pretty good. Big win over Idaho. We now have games against Southern Utah, UNC, NAU. Um, those would all be wins, and it's shaping up to be a pretty interesting Cacaris weekend. But why don't we, we've talked too much on the Grizz. Check out Grizz Fan Pod uh, for a full breakdown of the game, three-hour breakdown of the game. But, Nate, why don't we kick it over to you to talk Bobcats? Yeah, Montana State hosting the Idaho State Bengals this weekend. The game got started off a little bit slow. Not one that most Bobcat fans thought was going to happen, especially with Idaho State yes. playing on the road. Idaho State, pretty solid opponent at home. They have done nothing on the road. And when the first quarter ends 3 to nothing, Idaho State, you start, you start getting a little bit worried. You start wondering what's going on with the offense. You start wondering, is Matt McKay the guy that we want to have at quarterback? Montana State got it going in the second quarter. A 54-yard bomb by Blake Glessner. And I'm going to pause right there and congratulate him on being named to the Jerry Rice Award watch list, which is given out to the top freshman uh, in the country at each position. Uh, And you have to be a a real, like, a a freshman in the sense that uh, you couldn't have played four games the year before. You could play only four games the year before, blah, blah, blah. You basically have to be a true freshman uh, to be able to get this award to be recognized for this award. So he was included in that as a place kicker. He's been absolutely automatic this year. So he gets the Cats on the board right there in the first part of the second quarter with a 54-yard bomb. And then Isaiah Fonse, the star of this Montana State offense, had a 10-yard run with 6.25 left in the half to give the Cats a 10-3 lead, one that was still way slimmer than most Bobcat fans had on their mind when they went yep. into this game. They're thinking maybe this is another one of those Drake, San Diego, Cal Poly type games, but was not to be at least in that first half. In the third quarter, Idaho State got on board, got on the board again with a 24-yard field goal to make it six to ten. But then Blake Lesnar, the automatic man, 29-yard field goal to end the third quarter, 13 to six again. Probably the most worrisome score of the year. Yes. Cats were up, I believe, 13-6 to going into the fourth quarter against Weber State. That one's a little easier to swallow when you know who you're going up against and the defense that, Easter, or that uh, Weber State has. 13-6 to against the Idaho State Bengals. Not a fun time if you're a Cats fan. Worrisome. Worrisome, for sure. The text messages coming from you, coming from Parlay, coming from Minty Coach, everyone was pretty nervous in that third quarter. But then, Matt McKay actually threw a couple bombs, got the Cats up to where they needed to be, and the worries were gone. Lance McCutcheon finally got back in the end zone, a 27-yard pass from McKay with the Glessner kick to put him up 20-6, to and the Willie Patterson electric 65-yard touchdown reception from McKay to put the Cats up 27-6. to Bengals did tack on their third field goal of the day with about six minutes left to make it 27-9. And for the first time this season, your Montana State Bobcats did not cover the spread. Oof, brutal. Oof, seven Does that mean Coach Vegan's on the hot seat? It's a little worrisome. 7-1 on the year for the Cats, 7-1 seven seven on the year against the spread now is the first week of the season I had to chug a beer within an hour of the game ending because Montana State <laughs> didn't cover the spread. So uh, I had to do it. 
at a miniature golf course in Seattle, Washington. So I was watching the game um, on ESPN Plus on my phone, which, by the way, ESPN Plus is a whole other thing that we'll get into a little bit later so we don't have to because we're not talking about the Cats game next week because they are on a bye. But ESPN yeah. Plus, brutal to watch, but great to have mobily. So I got to watch that. I had to chug a beer in the middle of a miniature golf course. In, it was actually in Bellevue, Washington. So it cost me a lot more than it would if I was just sitting at home watching the game. But uh, either way, Cats couldn't cover the spread. But it's a win. It's another one. Brett Vegan said after the game, you take them how you can get them. It's a win. Cats are 5-0 in yes. conference. They sit atop the Big Sky Conference, 7-1 and on the season. A fantastic start. Well, we're actually like midway through. Just a, a great way for this season to be going if you're a Cats fan. Two really tough games, obviously, coming up. But for now, we're just going to enjoy seeing that 7-1, and that 5-0. and It's been a yeah. long, long time since Montana State has seen that O in the loss column. Uh, this far into a Big Sky Conference season. Tied with Sac State. They have one more win than Sac State just because Sac State had their bye, but only two teams undefeated in conference right now after that Eastern loss, Montana State, Sac State, so pretty cool to see. But I have to go back because sometimes you just have to be a pessimist. You have to see the warning signs. Matt McKay, 10 of 21 for 136 yards. And 90-some of those yards came on the two touchdown passes, the one to McCutcheon and the one to Willie Patterson. So really... You know, if you look at the rest of his passes, he was about 8 for 19 for oh, about 50 yards on the game. That is okay. where I've been worried in that game against Weaver. Weaver's defense gave us an out to kind of think, okay, Weaver's defense is pretty solid. That might be why he looked so much like a game manager there. It looked uncomfortable. But it's a little bit more worrisome when you're doing that against the Idaho State Bengals, who have given up... Uh, you know, 45 points, 48 points to NAU. They gave up 28 points to UC Davis and let our boy Hunter Rodriguez all over them. Uh, they gave up 31 points to uh, Portland State. So it's it's just a little bit worrisome that other quarterbacks were able to do something against this team. And Matthew McKay yeah. take out the two touchdowns, which, I mean, you don't have to. I mean, they were great passes. They were fantastic right. touch passes. <laughs> but it's still worrisome when it's when besides those two touchdown passes, only eight completions were for under 100 yards. Those two touchdown passes made the stat line swallowable, but just a little bit worried about what's going on at the quarterback position. Tommy Malott, Tommy Malott did come in. He actually threw two passes this game. Uh, yep. ran for Goldmore, but he did come in for a full drive, and he's pretty electric. I'm not going to lie when I say I get very excited when Tommy is in a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it's look, I, I think uh, Coach Vegan is, is uh, helping me because I feel like a broken record every week when – uh, you and others are trying to like set expectations with games. And did we meet expectations? Did we not meet expectations? A win is a win is a win. Matt McKay, that stat line, not super impressive. It was enough to win. They won 27 to nine. They primarily pounded the ball on the field. Uh, and the game was just, it was a weird, it was a weird game. And the fact that it was 10-6 in the third quarter it just shows that this is a, a strange game. One stat that really jumped out that made me think when the first time I saw it, that like the, the stat tracker was broken or yeah. It's not every once in a while, like you'll get something on the score app, like, Oh, you know, a They're team like won 500 to 500 to 30. Like, you know, something went wrong in however the, the stats were transferred, but everywhere has this and watching the game film. It, it was the case. Idaho's time of Idaho state's time of possession in the game 42 minutes, 17 seconds to the Bobcats, 17 minutes, 43 seconds. Like, that's unheard of. When was the last time you saw a time of possession discrepancy that great 
where the team with the lead in the discrepancy lost by 18 points. I mean, it's just, it, I, I don't, I do not understand how this happened. Yeah. And it was, you know, Iowa State obviously was going into this game. They were going to run the ball. They were going to hold that ball. Hunter Hayes yeah. had 12, he had 24 pass attempts for 111 yards. So the quarterback play in this game was sub, I mean, just boring and subpar kind of quarterback. Yeah. And Idaho State had 54, 54 rushes. Like, I mean, I get, yeah. I get it, but like, it's still, uh, just to see the discrepancy that bad, I feel like it's we've insane. seen teams try to run the ball before and maybe they have like a 33 27 advantage, yeah. not a 43 17. It's crazy. The crazy part about this game, too, was Idaho State, they had two quarterbacks throw passes. They had Hunter Hayes and they had Sagan grown yep. out But they had four different quarterbacks take a snap in that first half of this game. And it was the weirdest thing. You. They just—it was going to be yeah. a running game plan the whole way. Montana State averaged like 100, gave up 127 yards a game on the ground. I know, you know, I know State this game. I think it was 212 yards rushing, uh, 213 yards rushing for Idaho State this game. So they obviously went in with this game plan that it was going to be—they're going to have to pound it to win. They had to keep that time of possession. So in that sense, they did get the game plan done. But that's probably where the talent, you know, wins out here. Is yeah. That, uh, Montana State, even with the ball for a little over 15 minutes, was able to to knock that out. But I also wanted to shout out, I keep, you know, the pessimistic side of me is talking about the quarterback play. But, man, we have to shout out Isaiah Fonse. He had 17 carries for 165 for yards sure. in touchdown in this game. He had a 60-some-yard run earlier in the game that didn't result in a touchdown. Isaiah Fonse is leading the Big Sky Conference right now in rushing. He is only 95 yards – I'm sorry, 93 yards away from a 1,000-yard rushing season, which – uh, you know, knock on wood and barring any craziness, he's going to get, he's averaging 114 yards per game, seven touchdowns on the ground. He's averaging six yards of carry, just an outstanding year from Afonso. One that I, for some reason, seems to get lost in the shuffle when you talk about great players in the Big Sky Conference and like kind of really impressive players. I, for some reason, feel like Isaiah Afonso just doesn't get the credit that he deserves. So that's why I am here to really shout that out and say this guy is an unbelievable talent. So glad he's on the Cats. And it's going to be fun to see him get to over 1,000 yards this year. You know, he's already at 907 with, you know, through eight games. And uh, it's going to be a fun one to celebrate when he's in 1,000 yard, when he's a 1,000 yard rusher for the Cats. But shout out to Fonse. Just a fantastic game and the continuation of a really successful season for him. Yeah, shout out to Fonse. Also, shout out to Troy Anderson. Um, 16 tackles, Nate. 16 tackles in the game. Nate, name. The and last thing that you've done yeah. 16 times, period. Like, doing something 16 times, period, is hard. Troy Anderson, 16 tackles in that game. Also this week, uh, named as a finalist to the 2021 William B. Campbell Trophy, which is an award that goes out to college football players, uh, combines academic success, football performance, and leadership. Uh, one of 13 finalists in the country. Troy and Anderson, all because of, of that, NAI all the way, all up levels to, of football, all the way up to FBS, all levels of football, um, and he gets a eighteen thousand dollars scholarship um, as a result of it. So hats off to him. Uh, I think that I'm comfortable. I think Nate, and let me let me know um, what you think. But in terms of our Hall of Fame, um, I'm comfortable admitting Troy Anderson's academic success into the Hall of Fame. Um, and I think we can look at his football accomplishments once his career is over. But right now, based on this award, 
Troy Anderson's academic success, I think, is going to be a a uh, potential uh, inaugural class to to our the Montana Men's Sports yeah. Hall of Fame. Three point nine one GPA, which is uh, which is awesome. I mean. Yeah, that's matter. so hard. It doesn't even matter what major you're in, but to be in college, well, to be a student athlete, one, even just to be in college as a normal person, to get a 391 is insane. I mean, it's not yes. like my classes were really hard in college, and I was still, you know, trying to get off that academic probation some of those years. So just to have that 39, <laughs> I don't ever think I was actually officially on it. There's probably like a warning, uh, to be honest. Yeah. This isn't about me, this is about Troy. Pretty cool, uh, pretty cool award and an honor there. The, the winner of this award gets, I think, a 25, gets their scholarship as a postgraduate scholarship up to 25,000. So even right now, just to be named in that, like we said, it's NAI all the way through FBS. I think there's yeah. 13 finalists. A really cool honor for, for, for Troy there. So congratulations to him uh, as well. That's, that's really cool. Oh, yeah, just a, good small, for him. Small, a small football shout out. I didn't Please. look it up. I haven't looked it up yet. Isaiah Fonse is number three in the nation right now in rushing, only behind Malik Grant Oof. from Sacred Heart and Quay Holmes from uh, East Tennessee. So he's about a thousand—not a thousand—he's about hundred and twenty-six yards behind the leader and only nineteen behind second right now. So he has a shot. He definitely has a shot to be the rushing leader in the whole FCS with uh, with a couple strong. Yeah, well, especially if uh, that'd be cool. Especially if Matt McKay keeps uh, throwing the ball like he's throwing it. Yeah, and in college football, your statistics count for in the playoffs. Your playoff statistics count. Wow, so a deep run makes a big so difference. So if Sacred Heart and ETSU don't make the playoffs, he's going to have hopefully one to two to three to four extra games to be able to, to do this. Hopefully not actually four. Hopefully it's only three because they get a bye, but you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, should we move on to yeah. uh, uh, this this other, this crazy game, the only other game uh, that got us both excited from this weekend, uh, Eastern Washington versus Weber State. Uh, before I move there, though, no other thoughts on the Bobcats. I know you had a lot of notes on the game. Nothing else you wanted to, to add on? Uh, no, I think we got through them all, and I get you know a nice, relaxing weekend, kind of like you had a couple you know weeks ago with Montana, yeah, three weeks ago, I think was when Montana was on a bye. It is going to be nice just to relax and know that I don't have a spread to cover the chugging bet know that i don't have to worry about some upset against a 200 level 180 level team i'm feeling pretty good yep. right now going into this bye week so it is going to be relaxing and full of fun okay i will be fun enjoy the bye week because it, it we'll get to it here in a bit but it's a very very shaky slate of games this coming weekend um, all right so game of the week from a big sky conference perspective game of the week weber state going up to Eastern Washington. Uh, it's one of those games that ESPN was probably wishing they had put on ESPN too, because it was an absolute classic number two in the country, Eastern Washington taking on the beat up defending champions of Weber state, Weber state's playoff hopes. We've ridden them off the playoffs. They've had too many losses this year, but if they want to keep the sliver of hope alive for making the postseason, they had to win at Eastern Washington. Uh, they went in, I think they, I, for, the parlay is going to kill me. I think they were a 10-point underdog, 10.5-point underdog. 9.5 by the time the game started, yeah. Got it, 9.5-point underdog. So not a lot of people in the Wildcats' corner. Um, they needed this win, Nate. The game started out all Eagles. Eric Barrierier running a touchdown from 13 yards out. 7 nothing. Eastern Washington. 
Weber State got things even in the second quarter. Uh, there's a 40-yard pass from Bronson Barron to Rashid Shahid. Rashid Shahid, one of the most exciting players in the Big Sky Conference, even though he has one of the worst quarterbacks throwing to him year in, year out. Um, got it down to about the one. Again, poor Rashid Shahid, 40-yard pass, gets out at the one-yard line. Chris Chris uh, Jackson gets to run in the touchdown. Um, Barry Arie uh, led a 88-yard 80 touchdown drive that ended on a three-yard uh, touchdown to Dylan Ingram. A couple... Weber State field goals made it 14-13, Eagles at the half. The last field goal Weber State scored was kind of insane. Uh, They had the ball on their own 20-yard line, less than a minute to go. Uh, Didn't really go anywhere the first couple plays, fourth down on their 26-yard line. They run a fake punt. Successful. And it was the second fake punt of the game. Second successful fake punt of the game. And it worked. It was crazy. Uh, big pass down uh, down the field ended up in, in the field goal, making it 14-13. We got a game at halftime. But it was just like an absolute gut punch for Weaver State to start out start out the second half. A few plays into it, they received. A couple plays into it, Eastern Washington forced and recovered a fumble. Uh, and it was a quick, quick touchdown um, from Mr. Touchdown, Dennis Merritt. Uh, it seemed like all the momentum was in Eastern Washington's favor. Absolute gut punch. Eight-point lead, uh, favored going in. They had all the momentum, all the juice, but Weber State, they clawed their way back in like a cat, Nate, like a wildcat. They clawed their way back in like a wildcat because their mascot is a wildcat. We had touchdowns from Dante McMillan, two from Chris Jackson, uh, Weber State interception of Eric Barrierier, a third fake punt during this during this spell. Uh, gave the hungry, hungry Wildcats a 35-21 lead. Blake Goble caught an impressive pass from Barry Area to make it 35-28 in the fourth quarter. Eastern Washington then forced a fumble. Mr. Touchdown, Dennis Merritt, gets another one. Uh, 15th touchdown of the year to make it 35-34. Two minutes left in the game. And this game's going into overtime, right? Wrong. Eastern Washington misses the extra point. Shank City, USA. It was so unbelievable that they had tied this game and then to miss an extra point. It wasn't even close. No one got their hand on it. This poor kid who I I don't remember his name. I'm not going to look up his name because I feel bad for him. The kicker for Eastern Washington just shanks the ball. Uh, Weber State gets a huge win. 35-34. I think what this shows more than anything, is that there's a lot of parity at the top of the Big Sky Conference. We keep going back and forth on our power rankings of who's one, who's two. I think where things stand, one through six, that any team there can beat any other team on any given Saturday or Friday night on ESPN2. Um, Eastern Washington, I think, is at the top of the list. I think that they have the best ability to go deep in the playoffs, but they're beatable, and Weber State showed that. Nate, your thoughts? No, it was unbelievable. I was this was like my mortal lock of the century when I saw it on my betting app at uh, yeah. minus nine and a half. I was like, this one is so easy. I talked to one of my FBS friends into betting it with me. We combined forces yes. for this. Feel pretty bad today about that one. Uh, you know, a couple days removed. That was that was not a good suggestion by me to bet this game. But all signs point. No, but I gave I gave the recommendation to people too. I had him yeah, tied up in like all it, sorts of parlays. It just seemed like a no-brainer. It did. So watching this game, uh, we landed in we landed in Seattle and had this game on his phone, Montana State game on my phone. So we <laughs> could keep track of our bet and I could watch this. But 
it, you know, everything was going our way. 7 nothing Eastern. They came down. They got that score. But that fumble, they were up 7-0. The fumble that they had where the center drilled it off Barry Arie's head. Yes. In the first so quarter. crazy. They were going to go in and score. <laughs> that that was, I think they yeah. were down at the Weaver. They just completed a, a big pass. They were down inside the Weaver 20. Barry Arie, not even looking for the ball, drills him in the head, fumble, and that was where I knew we were done. It was the first quarter. I knew it was over. They were going to be up 14 to nothing. It was going to be demoralizing for Weaver. Barry Arie was going to have all the confidence in the world. They had Limo Jones back. Merritt was running the ball hard. This game was over if they score on that possession. And the center drills it off Barry Arie's head. But what a game it after that. I mean, it was brutal. What a game after that, though, just in the sense of Weaver State, we had basically left them for dead. The disappointment of the season, if you're looking at preseason expectations, what we all thought of them. Uh, what their offense had done, you know, I think back to the 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 one game that I I've watched two games like all the way through of Weavers. It was that James Madison game and the Montana State game, and just how anemic their offense looked in both of those games, where it yeah. wasn't scaring anybody to go toe to toe with the number one offense in the entire FCS and then pull out a win like that, thirty five to thirty four. They had four successful fake punts, four successful fake punts in this game. This they this game they this was their playoff game. This was their uh, obviously it was obviously it was hilarious. A win, so there's a lot of cliches you could say against it, but they pulled out every stop. This was the game that they're going to hang their hat on if they don't make the playoffs at the end of the year with a what now they're a three and four record, two and two in the conference. It's going to be really yeah. tough for them to make the playoffs. But this is the game that is going to if they make the playoffs is obviously the catalyst for that. Well, it's certainly the top of the it's certainly the top of the list for for most impressive wins of the year. Um, oh, easily. Their fake this, this punting. Is the biggest, this is the biggest FCS. This is the biggest Big Sky Conference win of the year for any team. You know, Eastern's over Montana was big, but that game I thought, you know, contrary to what the book said, you know, the Grizz being, I thought that was just an absolute pick'em, and that was going to be a super. Yeah, close well, game. so yeah, someone had to win that game. Right, like yeah. someone had to win that game. They were both very highly ranked teams going into it. It was in Eastern. One team had to win. It's hard to put that up there as like this. It's a great win. It's something you put on your resume. But going into this game, Weber, by every account, was a big underdog on the road, ten point underdog. Their two their two wins on the year came against Dixie State and Cal Poly who, if we had relegation, would be in Division Two, And yeah. they, they, they pulled this off. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a great win for them. Um, the, you know when you're hanging out with a, with a little kid, like four or five years old, and they tell a joke, it gets a laugh, and then they just tell the joke again, it gets less of a laugh. They just keep doing it until no one's laughing. Go back kids to the well. don't know when to. Yeah, they don't know, they don't know when to stop it. That was Jay Hill with fake punts this weekend. It was just like Eastern Washington was like, he's not going to do this again. He's not <laughs> yeah. going to tell another joke. He, there's no way he's going to fake punt it again from his 20-yard line with 20 seconds to go in the half that if he doesn't get it, it's going to give us a great opportunity to get a field goal. He just kept doing it. It was it was wild to see. I've never really – I don't know the last time I've seen so many successful yeah. fake punts in a game. I don't know if and I've ever. Point, I, I, I can. I can say confidently, I've never seen so many successful fake punts in a game. 
Yeah. And at what point, like, if you're uh, Aaron Best, you look over at your special teams coach and you're just like, what the shit are you doing? Like, after one, it's yeah. like, okay, it's the whole, it's obviously the old saying, like, fool me once, shame on me, but, or shame on you. Yeah. But that fool me twice, second time, third time, like, the special teams coach is missing something here. Right. Well, if you like think something is Jay Hill like, had a time machine, it doesn't matter if you just fair catch the punt and get yeah. zero return yards. Keep everybody up. Play like man. I don't even know enough about special teams to know what you do, but you just like don't even rush. You cover yeah. every one of the gunners. It's just, it doesn't make any sense to me how you could have four of those run on you and have four of them work. It's like Madden. Yeah, no, you do that. And your friends would be so mad at you if you did that, in Madden. Oh my God! Yes, yes. I, I think if Jay Hill had a time machine, he would go. He would he would go back before the Bobcat game and just be like, only run fake punts well, they from beginning to end of the game. Times in that game so. First down, second down, third down, fourth down. We are in punt formation and we are running it or passing it every single time. Um, yeah. All right. Great game. It was, we love the big sky conference. There's a lot of shitty teams in the conference, but there are several teams, at least six of them that consistently try to put a good product on the field when they play each other. It's just awesome to see a really fun outcome like this. Uh, I wish it would have gone to overtime, uh, but you got to hit those kicks. You got to kick, hit yeah. those kicks at home. That must've been a think, awkward walk to the locker room. Oh, that's brutal. That's brutal. And <laughs> I was the only, like the positives I take out of this after losing the bet, my mortal lock of the century is that Weber State was able to rush for 213 yards on Eastern Washington. Montana State obviously plays them in two weeks when they come off the bye week, and Montana State's yeah. calling card right now yeah. is obviously the rush offense. That gives me a little bit of hope there, and also that Montana State's defense is, you know, if you go off that one game, is better than Weber State's defense. And to hold Eastern Washington, old Barry, it's kind of crazy to say to hold Eastern Washington to 34 points, but it's totally true. To hold Barry mm-hmm. area to 245 and two touchdowns and pick him off once is just an incredible job by this Weaver defense, which may be why we didn't pass the ball at all when we were playing down in Weaver. Maybe uh, Vegan was like, no, we're just going to run this ball and end this game as quick as we can. Uh, we're not even going to put the ball in the air against this defense. But either way, it was awesome to see that Eastern Washington is, more, is, is, is mortal. Like they are from this earth. And the fact yeah. that Vegan may have a game plan now of how you can beat the Eagles. It is going to be hard. It's going to be on the Inferno just like this was. It would be an amazing win for Montana State. And this does give me a little bit of that hope that I probably didn't have after seeing what Eastern Washington was doing to every single other team that they played uh, throughout this season to be the number one offense in the entire country. Um, I'm hoping that this wasn't a you know just a, a down week for Eastern. I'm hoping there is some, you know, some some way you can attack this team and hopefully this is a game plan for vegan and he'll have two weeks to, to do it, to, to work on the game. Plan. Yeah. Well, the nice thing. Yes, 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 yes. Um, it's a, uh, it's a uh, man. I was going to say, it's nice that Eastern has a, has a game this week. So you won't be getting them off a of bye also, but it's uh two teams off a of bye. They're going to, yeah. you think Eastern's going to lose two games in a row? I mean, probably. It'd be amazing if they did. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's let's keep this rolling. We got uh, first pitch here in about 15 minutes. Um, so Nate, UC Davis. Let's hear about this game. Well, through my extensive research of this game, I think we can say that UC Davis is our current disappointment in the top five or the top six of the six of the conference. They did get the yeah. win this week, 24 to 13, but that win by 11 points 
was against the punching bag of the Big Sky Conference, the Cal Poly Mustangs. 24-13, it's a win. It's a Big Sky win. It's a Big Sky win on the road in a yes. zero-environment setting. But we expected a lot more from our boy Hunter Rodriguez and these Aggies. We've expected a lot more of them from the beginning of the season. We're just not seeing it. Again, it's a win. The Aggies are 7-1 overall in 4-1 in conference. But just not the exciting team that we thought they maybe once were. Yeah. This game well, if you look at 10 to 7 at half. 10 to 7. Oh, please. Continue. At half. Oh, I, it's, it's an exciting one. 10 to 7 and a half. If this was Montana State playing Cal Poly and we were up 10 to 7, I probably wouldn't have watched the second half. I would have been so depressed. Davis did come out, go up 17 7. They allowed two more field goals to Cal Poly to bring it to 17 13. That was with seven minutes left in the game, and it's only a 17 to 13 game. This spread was 20 plus for the Aggies against the worst team, Sagarin wise, in the big sky in Cal Poly, and it was 17 to 13 with seven minutes left. Carson Crawford did catch a touchdown pass from Miles Hastings with four minutes left to bring it to the eventual final score of 24-13. Our boy Hunter Rodriguez did actually not play in this game, so we cannot blame him. There is a reason why it was only 24-13. It was because Mike Hastings was in. But just a all-around boring game, especially when you're playing Cal Poly and you think this is going to be the, the game that hopefully you know kickstarts your offense if you're the UC Davis Aggies. The last game they played was uh, 32-3 against Northern Colorado. So you're thinking they're coming in with a little bit of offensive momentum, kind of getting the ship right after the upset loss to Idaho State by 10. But yep. it's a win, but man, a boring one at that. And I think UC Davis is falling in my power rankings just because of their performance the last two of the last three games. Actually, yeah, I mean, I have Davis. If you count the Idaho game, 27 to 20. Yeah, I have Davis. I think I put them sixth in my power rankings. They are, we have two tiers. They're in the top tier, no doubt about it. But just look at the other teams who have played Cal Poly. Montana beat them 39-7. Weber State beat them 38-7. Montana State 45-7. UC Davis 24-13. 10-7 at the half. Like a win is a win. Um I think UC Davis is a playoff team. I think they can win some playoff games. I would not want to play UC Davis. I think they can beat anyone else in that top tier. But when you were ranking teams, 7-1 record, a lot of teams have a good record in the in the Big Sky Conference. You look at things like like opponents, a 11-point win over Cal Poly is not going to cut it. No, and the, the come on some of the notes from this game that make it kind of cool to recap is that Mike Hastings, while he's not – our boy Hunter Rodriguez, he did complete 20 mm-hmm. of his first 21 passes, which is pretty impressive there. Yeah. And, yeah, truly really Yeah, A-Trod oh, didn't no, even they play, did play for the they did play for the Golden Horseshoe. Okay. So the Golden yeah, Horseshoe. Yeah, A-Trod from the sideline. A-Trod from the sideline. Um, I think you mentioned him a few times, but he did not. He's not playing the game. Mike Hastings, congrats on the Golden Horseshoe. Um, and I think... Quick correction. I think that in my official rankings, I still had Davis above Weber um, in the rankings, but I would, I would, uh, I would, uh, uh, I would probably think I would probably think Weber is favored against them on a neutral field. Yeah. Um, I talk all this all crap right. about. I just talked all this crap about Davis, right? And they're yeah. seven and one overall, four and one in the conference. Again, they're only lost to Idaho State. But they have NAU next, which, is which should be a win. Yeah. So that should be 8-1 and one, eight and 5-1 one and and in the conference. But then they have EWU and SAC. So they definitely are, you know, they have the seven. Uh, 
They have seven yep. wins. They have seven. They have. They should actually have six FCF wins and one FBS win. They have the yep. amount of wins to make the playoffs. They beat an FBS school, which basically counts as like one and a half to two when you're looking at it as the seeding committee. If they beat NAU, I mean, they're in the playoffs, and then they control their own destiny in terms of seeding with Eastern Washington and SAC on the schedule. They could also be the eventual spoiler for SAC State if they can beat Sac State in the Causeway Classic in that last game of the season. Because Sac State right now is looking like they're going to run the table. Davis will be the only one standing in their way that could yeah. uh, make it an interesting one-loss uh, tie and have about 92 teams sharing the, the conference title, which is we always love. Yeah, we'd love it. And I think uh, they got a bye week uh, coming up. I think we're all rooting for UC Davis the rest of the way out. Let's just have chaos on top of the, on top yes. of the conference. Let's get six Big Sky teams into the playoffs. Um, but let's also move on to the next game. Um, and hopefully over the bye week, our boy Hunter Rodriguez can get himself healthy. So the next game, an exciting game, Nate. It was uh, uh, Northern Colorado, Southern Utah. So UNC traveled down to Cedar City. And this is quite interesting. I don't know if you knew this. I don't know if you watched this game. Um, oh, before the game. Shot. I was ever going to watch this game. Yeah, so before the game, uh, there was actually a chemical spill on the field. So they had to play it in a in a in not in Southern Utah's stadium. They played it in a in a field that was put together quickly before the game. Complete downpour, just torrential downpour in the game. Um, both sides know there's a lot on the line, um, but the rain was just pounding down. Uh, these teams want this win they can get. They want to accumulate wins. They need to get wins. Um, this is one of their last times to do it. The weather, it turns out, worked in UNC's favor. Quarterback Dylan McCaffrey scrambled everywhere and set a play after play despite the rain pounding down. Uh, running back True Wilson got a touchdown. Uh, and and uh, the teams, the Bears, Southern Utah, they're tied at halftime, if you can believe it. So the rain was so bad at halftime, the refs wanted to cancel the game. But the captains from the two teams came out midfield in the middle of the rain, insisted that they keep playing. Uh, they're having fun. Two teams are just having fun. So they have to say, okay, we can keep playing, but in 24 minutes, someone has to win this. Uh, uh, Coach McCaffrey laid it out for his players at halftime. I got the audio of his speech. Um, he said, guys, listen, everything that has been asked of you of this year, this is Coach McCaffrey talking to the UNC players, everything that's been asked of you this year and that you have asked of yourself, gentlemen, comes down to this, blood, sweat, tears, it all stays right here on the field right now. This is our dirt. This is our mud. This is ours, baby. Clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. With 19 seconds left, a block from True Wilson and a clever play by McCaffrey with guidance from former quarterback Jacob Knipp from the sideline, impromptu coaching from the sidelines, ends in a touchdown. UNC wins. They're going to state, Nate. How exciting is that? Well, you had me going for about the first three minutes of that, and then I definitely just realized it was Friday Night Lights, and that was Coach Taylor. Yeah, that's uh, that's I didn't watch the game either. That's the episode Mud Bowl, episode twenty of season one of Friday Night Lights. Let's move on. Uh, that was a win. I do have to uh, say one Colorado. thing. I do have to say one thing about Northern Colorado. Seventeen, Southern Utah nine. But give me one your thing. one stat, and let's move on. Dylan McCaffrey, one hundred yards rushing. Makes him the first bear to reach 100 yards in a game since 2019. Perfect. That's it. They are so bad. Ed McCaffrey is having zero fun this year. He did not know what he was signing up for. 
when he was like, yeah, no, he is. I'm going from high school to Division One college, <laughs> and then they're like, you do know you're going to Northern Colorado, right? And then he found uh, his agent. Brutal, 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 brutal. Next game, Sac State, NAU. This was a good one. Yeah, and I think we can say that Jack Dunaway is a pretty damn good quarterback. Yeah, I'm fine I mean, this saying one, that. Yeah, I mean, this one, just an absolute shit pounding. We're going to call it that one. Yes. 44 to nothing, Sac State over NAU. I mean, there's not much to talk about in this game unless you want me to go through every single score that Sacramento State had. No, thank you. That Northern Arizona could not answer. Yes. So, go ahead. But, Dunaway, 21 of 25, 328 yards, two touchdowns. Asher O'Hara, 5 of 7, 82 yards, one touchdown through the air. O'Hara had 34 more on the ground. The two-system quarterback in Sac State is thriving. Yeah, so Jake Dunaway, QB1, Asher O'Hara, number one QB2 in the big sky. It works. And if you are the Arizona Wildcats, who lost to Northern Arizona this season, and you just pick up the paper in the locker room, see that they just got shut out 44-0 against Sacramento State, where I would wager half of the Wildcats roster doesn't even know Sacramento State has a team. Get shut out 44 nothing to a team that just beat you, FBS Arizona. It's really crazy. It's just, it is, yeah. it is shocking. Sacramento is, State, whew. Yeah, it's Arizona right now in the Sacramento rankings is 133, which would put them at number five, in, or six, I'm sorry. It would put them at number six in the Big Sky. No, it would put them at number seven. It would put them at number seven in the Big Sky Conference. Yeah, I was going to say, I would not put them in yeah. the top tier. Nope, they would be number six Saturn rankings in the Big Sky yeah. Conference right now. That Arizona win for Northern, for Northern <laughs> Arizona they got their Saturn probably pretty inflated. Uh, you do have to give, uh, if we're going to say something nice about Northern Arizona, it wasn't his best game, but R.J. Martinez also got named to the Jerry Rice Award watch list as a, true, as a freshman quarterback. So congratulations yeah. to him, but not the week that you want that to come out. 19-32 for 136 yards and an interception. Sac State now has the easiest path to the Big Sky Conference Championship. They're oh, for sure. 4-0 in, they're 4-0 in conference. They get Northern Colorado, Cal Poly, and Portland State as their last three home games before the Causeway Classic against UC Davis. They, I guarantee yeah. you, will be 8-2 overall and 7-0 in conference when it comes down to that last game of the season. Once again, just like they did in 2019... Got yep. a cakewalk schedule. They're lost their their Big Sky Conference games, and we'll give them obviously the credit that they deserve for the Montana win. But their Big Sky Conference yes. games are were Idaho State, Southern Utah, Montana, the big one, NAU, and then Northern Colorado, Cal Poly, Portland State. That's insane. No Weber, no Montana State, no Eastern Washington, yeah. and they get Davis at the end of the season, which will be a great game. That'll be a fun one to watch, and it could lead to a ton of craziness in the Big Sky Conference standings gets the championship and auto bid and all that kind of stuff but my god it's it's another gift from the big sky conference it's wild um it's a few things stand out looking at the box score so the time of possession northern arizona 20 sacramento state 39 minutes like that's what you would expect in when, when you see a discrepancy like that 
you would expect a team with more time to win the game. Um, but what's kind of crazy is that Sac State ran the ball 50 times. But they still threw for over 400 yards. It was an absolute, absolute blowout. So, yeah. we like, NAU is always kind of in the middle. Like, they always win against the bad teams. Like, they're always clamoring to be in, you know, considered, like, a frisky ish team in the big sky conference it's just it is it's not the case they are not good they're not there yet no one is worried about them um i'm knocking on wood because i know the grizz still have to play them but like they are they're not they're not they're not there yet um no no any other thoughts on this game well you know it's more thoughts on sac state like when when sac state played northern iowa at the beginning of the season it was a 34 16 win against northern iowa where the defense didn't play horrible the offense didn't give them a shot at all Asher O'Hara was the starting quarterback in that game and was 32 of 53. Now, picture what changes and what the difference four, five, six, seven weeks makes where that is complete. Jake Dunaway came in, was 2 of 4. Asher O'Hara had 53 pass attempts in that game. Asher O'Hara now is averaging probably about five a game from three or four weeks ago to now. Yeah, Amazing coaching up there in Sacramento to see the need to make the change, to build a game plan around both of those guys' strengths instead of the literally exact opposite in that Northern Iowa game that they had. That Northern Iowa game, that's when we thought Sac State might not be for real. They might be the pretenders. I called them. Yeah. I said they're pretenders. And great, great job up there in Sacramento making the change that need to be done, building a game plan around the strengths that they actually have in their team instead of just putting yep. the guy who came from Conference USA as QB1 and saying he has to have it he transferred here. They're a fun team to watch right now, an impressive team, and they have the easiest schedule of all time. It's the Hornets year right now. Yeah, Nate, how about this? Northern Arizona won the turnover battle, 2-1. to one. They won the penalty battle. That, granted, it was close, but 35 yards, Sac State, 25 yards, Northern Arizona. Those are usually two indicators of a team doing well turnovers, penalties. If you look at those numbers, you can usually see the game was competitive or who was going to win the game. To win both of those and lose 44-0, it just shows that this offense, not turning the ball over, just punting the ball constantly, not being able to move the ball. Um, uh, Man, Northern Arizona would not. I'm so, I will never draft them. Um, if I, if I have the option in our, in our, uh, uh, our drafts of games we're covering. Yeah. So how, how many first downs the, did they have? I'm looking at their. I I I don't know if they had a first down. Well, it says they have eleven. All right. Well, we'll see. Eleven's not very many. But, though, if you really think about it. Not very many, but yeah. If you look at their play-by-play, which I'm looking at now, there's a lot of four-three play drives before they punt the ball away. So. Yeah. And they were out um, 656 yards to two twenty-six. So I mean, just an absolute shit canning there by the. State. It was in Sacramento. Yeah. Um, you know, Sac State, this was the this game I actually won, but I didn't mortal lock it. But Sac State was a seven and a half point favorite in this game. We probably should have known that they Oh yeah. God. That mortal one was, that one's on us. Nah, we're idiots. We didn't see that one. But yeah, this one just paved the way. It's Sac State is uh man, they have the red carpet rolled out for them the rest of the way. For it's sure. going to be tough to not see. It's going to be almost impossible for us to not see a ring uh, getting crafted for Sac State for the 2021 Big Sky Conference Championship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, lock of the century. Or at least a shot. Um, all right. Yeah. 
games this week. Um, not to rush us, but we do have some playoff baseball to watch. World Series baseball. Um, games this week. Nate, what are your thoughts? As Montana State is on their bye. Um, any thoughts going into the weekend? It is maybe one of the worst slates of games that we've ever had uh, while we're doing this yes. podcast. It literally pits the top of the big sky against the bottom of the big sky and the shittiest in the big sky against the shittiest in the big sky. So yes, have, that's the perfect way to put it. I mean, we have Southern Utah traveling to Missoula. Southern Utah just lost to Northern Colorado at home. That game is just perfect. Another, this is where you get Chris Brown even more confidence. You're like, you're going to go out there and you're going to throw 60 passes this game and you're going to score a million points and you're going to be a good quarterback. Yeah. Well, I'm a little worried because coming off of his week zero player of the week award, Justin Miller has been looking okay. I'm also a little worried. Southern Utah knew they were going to be bad this year. Um, this is their last season in the Big Sky Conference. They definitely had Montana circled on their schedule. So if they're looking to have like some silver lining of the season, something uh, to keep to allow Demario Warren to keep his job this offseason, it would be a win against Montana. Um, but this is yeah, look. Here's here's the deal. I don't want to watch this game because one, the Grizz are going to destroy them, which is like it's fun, but like I find something else to do on my Saturday. Or if Southern Utah wins, I don't want to be anywhere near this game. Um, and so I will watch no it. I will watch it. I don't appreciate you trying to jinx it. I'm calling it out. Unjinx your jinx right there. But Montana, uh, they need to they need to uh, dominate this one. Um, the, the, I mean, the Grizz need to win their next few. This is one that they just need to take care of business of. Let's get Chris Brown some reps. Let's get some... Uh, the offense humming, keep everyone healthy, and move on. This is this is uh, the Gri- the Grizz are 109 spots ahead of Sac State. Or, I'm sorry, Southern Utah <laughs> in the Sagarin rankings. But it's happened. It's happened. This is we've seen Georgia. it happen. This is literally right now. If you're looking at the Sagarin rankings, is Georgia hosting Montana State, and a Georgia fan <laughs> being nervous. Georgia number one, Montana State 110. In the second, this is the exact same thing. Yeah, Georgia fan. Look, I'm scared that Montana State's coming in and had this circled on their schedule. Not. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say I'm nervous. I would say that over the past few years, losing to Cal Poly after the NDSU win, losing to Portland State when I had told everybody not to watch the game, go on a hike, get outside a few years ago. This just, I will never feel comfortable. I'll never feel comfortable against any team ever again, period. So there is, there's a certain percentage of doubt in my brain about the Grizz against anyone. I won't say I'm nervous. I am just saying what the two most likely outcomes here, the most likely outcome, Grizz win big. The remote outcome of Southern Utah winning this thing would just destroy me. I'd rather be able to say I wasn't watching it what happened well on to the next game but i will be watching it it will be um man it's uh yeah but i'm not excited to wow not excited to watch it not excited to watch Uh, the game no i mean i'm not excited to any of these slates of games and i wouldn't be this was like when montana state was playing their third 
200 plus. This was Cal Poly for me. This was the game against Cal Poly where I was like, yes. I kind of miss going up against like the Weavers uh, and the Wyomings. Yeah, it's nerve wracking. It was going to be interesting. And then you just hope yeah. that they don't catch lightning in a bottle here. So I, I kind of get what you're saying, but it was kind of confusing too because the Grizz are going to beat them by 43 probably is my call. Oh, it's going to be It's going to be 46 to 3 is my prediction. 46 so, to 3 is your guess? Actually, yeah, we'll do we'll do predictions. Yeah, forty three to six is my guess. Let's and just to spice up this section. Let's do predictions for all the games. Okay, it's forty three to six. Forty six to three. Forty six to three. I just went. Yeah, forty six to three. Montana. They're going against the number thirteen defense in the conference. And let me remind you, there's thirteen teams in the conference. This team is allowing four hundred and eighty yards a game this year. Dude, mm-hmm. they are so bad. So that is why I'm going with. 46-3. Okay, I'm going to go 35-21 Grizzlies. 35-21? 35-21. That's Grizz. unbelievable that you were that scared of this game. Well, I'm the only one who has 100% predicted a game this year. So let's let's stand off. I hope, that your, prediction, I hope that your prediction is right in this case because a 14-point win over Southern Utah – is kind of like how we shit talked UC Davis's win over Cal Poly. I will shit talk <laughs> a Montana win over Southern Utah by 14 next week. Sure. I'm fine with you shit talking a win. I'm fine with you yeah, shit talking well, any win. I might have to do the Charlie Brown season. music again if they only win by 14. <laughs> There's no way. I will do. Nope. Yes, I will. I, I won't let you, it. Jerry. Jerry, don't don't let him. Don't let you do. I'll You're double getting, whatever he's saying. Anything less than 21 may get the Charlie Brown treatment. Okay. Next game. Check out the Grizz Fan Pod if you want a detailed analysis actually, of Grizz for a actually, three-hour episode. They're yeah. going to be a little bit more confident, uh, especially Luke. They're going to be a little bit more confident than Barry Tycoon here. 35-21. Put wow. it in the books. Uh, yeah, the next game that comes up is... Well, hold on. Let's, let's draft. So we got four games left. Oh, let's okay. draft to see who's covering. I'll give you the first pick. Okay. When you make your pick, we will then, we will then uh, oh. uh, predict our scores. I'm going to go then, okay, well, since I'm going to the first pick, I'm going to go Northern Arizona at Idaho just to see if our friends at Tubbs at the club and all had a yeah. It's like actually revolt and go on the field and like protest during the game. So it's Northern Arizona <laughs> at Idaho. It's in Moscow. Um, this, this game, uh, you can see why we're not super excited about it, is pitting the number nine offense of Idaho against the number 10 defense of Northern Arizona. Northern Arizona, I think, has the advantage here being the number five offense going against the number nine defense of Idaho. So I'm actually going to go with Northern Arizona winning this game. Nail, last nail in the coffin for Petrino. I think his players are done with him. His fan base is definitely done with him. So I'm going to go with oh, yeah. this game. I'm going to go Northern Arizona 24, Idaho 17. And I guess you could call it an upset, but more kind of just... A shitty game that the band of players basically just quit on their coach. So you are Northern Arizona 24, Idaho 17? Correct. Okay, I'm going the other way. I think Idaho... I think... Look, you can hate your coach. You need to win some games. These players... uh, Number one, I'm not worried about anything Northern Arizona can put on the field. Number two, these players need to have some type of victory. Their only two wins this year... Came Portland State and against Simon Fraser. They are hungry for a win. They can hang their hat on. Their best chance for an impressive win might be this game. They're not going to beat Montana State. They're not going to beat 
Um, did they play Montana State? No, hold on. Northern Idaho's remaining games. Northern Arizona, Southern Utah, Montana State, Idaho State. Southern Utah, Idaho State, it doesn't matter if they win those games. They get the they get that potato trophy, which is really funny. They're not going to beat Montana State. Northern Arizona, you could talk yourself into that this was a big win for us. Uh, I think they're going to come out gunning for this game. I feel I view this as their Super Bowl this year. Wow. I'm going to go Idaho 33, Nate. Northern Arizona, six. What do you so just before you know before we go to the next game? What do you think Northern Arizona's strength is? If you had to look at their best player, wait, say that again. You broke up for a second. What do you think Northern Arizona's strength is? If you're looking at the best player that they put out on the field, I have no idea. The quarterback passing R.J. Martinez, named the Jerry Rice. Yeah, you know, watch Idaho has given up. 285 yards a game through the air. RJ Martinez is going to have a game against these guys. Thus, my score. You forgot to look at the stats. Maybe. You forgot to look at the stats. Yeah, no, but I mean, look, Idaho in the spring season beats Eastern Washington. Idaho in the last real season beats Eastern Washington. Like, they can get up and win a game. I think Paul Petrino has the ability to game plan for for one game. If they would have gotten up for a game, it would have been last week's against Montana. They're not getting up. No, I don't think so. I think, no, because you have to pick your spot. You have to pick your spot. I think they looked at Montana at the beginning of the year, like, probably after the Washington win, they just, like, crossed them off. It's like, all right, we'll go week the week after that. We'll go NAU. We're not going to beat Montana or Montana State or Eastern Washington this year. Let's just, let's just try to get and win on NAU. So I'm going 33-6. Not sure how they get there. But 33-6. Uh, the game I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick it because it's the only other, it's the only game on the slate um, that has a, a, a one of our top tier teams in it left that I'm excited to watch is Sac State UNC. Okay, I love I love Sac State. I love the McCaffreys. Um, so I'm going to take them as my number one uh, first round pick, uh, first round second pick of the draft. Sac State, look, this is, we've seen what they do against bad teams. Um, Northern Arizona is number one on the list of, of examples here. I think that they will absolutely roll over UNC. UNC has not shown that they can hold up with anybody. Um, and so I'm excited to see how much see how much our two quarterback system in Sac State can, uh, can put up. I think that they're going to win this game. They've been putting up a lot of points recently a lot of points nate i think they're gonna go win this 42 to 7 all right 42 to 7 42 14 42 14 42 14 mccaffrey gets a last minute garbage time touchdown the only thing that's a little bit surprising to me about this game is northern colorado being the sixth ranked defense in the big sky conference which is just weird considering how bad they are so I was thinking about maybe this being one of those games that's a little bit closer, like a you know the Davis versus uh, the nope. Poly game, anything like that. I almost did it, but they just beat Northern Arizona forty-four to nothing. But then I was like, you know, it's in Greeley. It's really tough to get up for a game in Greeley. But then I remember Sac State doesn't get any fans either. So I'm going back to my gut yeah. instinct here: Sac State thirty-five, Northern Colorado three. 35-3, love it. Um, all right. Who do you got for go, your third pick? I'm going 
I'm going to live with this one. Well, I'm not really going to live with the pick because all these games suck. But Weber State, Idaho State, going to Pocatello. Idaho State, yep. tough at home. Tough at home. Okay. Idaho Explain. State beats UC Davis at home. Idaho State only uh-huh. loses the Sac State right now, the darling of the big sky, by two at home. Idaho State played Montana State tough in the first half. Weber State coming off a massive win against Eastern Washington. They have to go play in Pocatello now. Can they get up for another game? Eastern Washington was kind of their Super Bowl. Are they already out of the playoffs now because of the way they started their Big Sky slate of games and, you know, against James Madison? So they go to Idaho State. Whew. I think this one's going to be closer than most people think, just because, and this okay. is how dumb I am, Idaho State's playing at home. That's literally the only thing that I really... Okay, uh, I like it. Go you got here. some stats to back that up. I'm going Weber 21, Idaho State 18, Weber last second field goal for the win. Ooh, I love it. I love that prediction. Love it, love it, love it. Um, for some of the same reasons that you just laid out, I think Idaho State is decent. I have been down on Weber all year. Um, I think that a lot of their flaws are, are beyond just kind of their tough schedule. So I'm going to go 14 nothing Weber State. Idaho State doesn't get on the board, but they hold Weber's very predictable, very uh, uninspiring offense to uh, uh, just two touchdowns. I like it. I think I think you're, we're both on the same page, and we're just going off of Idaho State playing well at home while we do this. So yes. I'm with you there. Well, yep, and then get, uh, the last game, because we got, we got Davis, we got Eastern, and we got Montana State all on a bye this week. So that leaves us with Cal Poly versus Portland State. This may be another um, uh, uh, Friday Night Lights recap. We'll see what happens. Oh, if you got a, a football movie TV show that you'd like me to – to read in place of this game, please just send it to me. Um, Bear Tycoon on Twitter. Uh, Cal Poly versus, versus Portland State. Portland State is going to roll these guys. I uh, Cal Poly just has karma working against them. I've been down on them all year. They've shown absolutely nothing. Not one point this season have we felt good about anything that Cal Poly has done, even with like, you know, oh, well, they were like kind of close in like the first seven minutes of this game. Cal Poly is not impressive. I think that uh, I think that Portland State is going to roll them the huge home field advantage up in Portland. I'm going to say that they win this 24 to 10. Well, that's giving the Cal Poly a lot of credit. I think Portland State we know can put up points. Cal Poly ranks number two well, in offense and defense in this conference. They are just god awful. They are the lowest of the low. They are the lowest in the Big Sky in the SAG rankings. I think Cal Poly is like two. They're farther down than like Drake and San Diego, I think. It would be close. They're very close. Cal Poly is 221 out of our 250 teams that get ranked in this damn thing. Just a god-awful team. We have Davis Alexander, who can throw the ball around pretty well. A top, top-tier quarterback in the Big Sky Conference. I think this one's 35-3 to Portland State. Sac State, or I'm sorry, Cal Poly is just an absolute god awful, miserable team. Terrible. Don't know why. Terrible, terrible, here. terrible. We talk about that almost every podcast. So it's going to be Portland State rolling there. Write it down. This game's going to suck. We're not going to watch it. And we're probably going to make up a Friday Night Lights reference again for this one next week, like you said. For sure. So, all right. So the only game we disagreed on the outcome was Northern Arizona, Idaho. You have NAU. I have Idaho. 
Um, some discrepancies in the score. Let's see if someone can get it exactly, get their place in the Hall of Fame. One Hall of Fame uh, uh, addition this week was Troy Anderson for academics. Anyone else that you should that thinks you think should be considered this week for Hall of Fame or just Troy? Well, it's tough because we don't want to oversaturate the Hall of Fame. We don't of course, want to yeah. make it a free-for-all. We, we did three yeah. last week, I think. We have one this week, I think. I think that's good for this week just so that we can keep that specialness uh, to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But Troy Anderson, and we should also mention that he's also getting in for his Rocking Our Bar commercials as well. Like this is Ooh, a dual okay. honor. It's yeah. the academics plus the, you know, the, the, the endorsements that's a great he was point. able to do. The endorsements he was able to do. Um, his acting at the end when he goes, hey, a touchdown is, I don't know what game they're watching, but I want to watch it with them. Uh, yeah. Just a, just a fantastic commercial by the guy who can do everything, Troy Anderson, quarterback, linebacker, uh, running back, actor, academic. What can't he do? Yeah, watch out, Hollywood. All right, Nate, that's all I got. Um, you want to anything else from your end? I'm ready to go. Yes. The Big Sky Slate Let's go, Bravos. The only thing I want to call one time, and it's not going to do a whole segment of top 25 polls, but Montana State, the highest ranked Big Sky school in the top 25, something we haven't seen for quite a while. And number one in the Big Sky Podcast Network power rankings. Things are looking up for the Bobcats. Things are looking up for old Brett Vegan and the Bobcats. So, uh, yeah, it's a quick one this week. Don't have a lot of talk about about this week's games coming up, so we'll get to some playoff baseball everybody uh, enjoy the weekend, all you Cats fans out there. Take it easy, relax. Like Bear Tycoon said, go on a hike, watch yeah. another game, put some money down, and try and make it exciting. But I think that's all for Bear Tycoon and myself. Everybody has a great week. We'll talk about these games next week. Enjoy it, everybody. Yeah, see ya.